Hey everybody, welcome to Encouraging Experience Podcast with Experience Church in Des Moines, Iowa. I'm your host, Dave Garza, and I'm really excited to have you guys here today and just hoping that we can get a good, strong message of encouragement into you. And a few things that we're going to talk about is why it's important, why it's so hard for us to do, because it's relatively something that we don't usually participate in. It's a simple concept, but I believe that a lot of us really fall short on this, and that includes myself. So we're just going to discuss those things today. Before we get to that, let's cut over to Abby with some announcements for this week. Our Raise Right fundraising meeting is postponed to next Sunday, January 21st, due to me being stuck in Indiana thanks to the winter storm. Please contact me this week if you have any questions, but I hope to see you next Sunday. The outreach team invites you to participate in Undie Sunday, meeting a very practical need in our community by collecting underwear, hats, and gloves and full-size toiletry products for Garten Elementary and Goodrill Middle School through the month of January. See Pastor Doug or a member of the outreach team with any questions. Come and join us Experience Church for Iowa Wilds Faith and Family Night at Wells Fargo Arena. The game begins at 7 p.m. on January 26th. Tickets are $15 plus the $3 processing fee per ticket, and you can purchase those through the link provided on the Church Center app or at the connection board in the lobby. Sunday, January 28th, right after service, we will be having an all-kidsmen meeting for those who currently serve and for those who may be interested in serving in our kids' ministry. If you are interested in learning more about how you can get involved, please plan to join us and lunch will be included. You can sign up at the table right outside the offices in the lobby. That's all for our announcements for this week. Grab a bulletin in the back, follow us on our Facebook page, and download the Church Center app so you can stay connected and be involved. Hey, thanks for those announcements, Abby. We appreciate you. And so just an update on today's episode. So what we had originally planned was I was going to have Jason Ramsey from our church, who is our lead for our church's mission ministry, which is through Move with Open Bible Churches. And I had set up a time to have Jason in the studio, but because we are having beautiful weather here in Iowa, I think, well, in my area, I think we're at about 14 inches of snow, so it's not too much, (laughs) depending on uh, how tall you are. But because of the weather, we went ahead. We didn't want to have to have anybody get out in this stuff and try to drive in it and head out to the studio. So today we're going to do a message on in 2 Corinthians. It's going to be chapter 8, verse 16 through chapter 9, verse 5. And we're just going to talk about these things. As I had said before, when we started, we're going to talk about the struggles of the church being an encouragement and how this is something that is such a simple concept. So many of us don't do it. And maybe we don't realize that we're not doing it. Maybe we just seem to let it slip by, but we're going to talk about a few things that can cause us to not do these things or some things that may play a factor in that. And no pointing fingers, as I said. I'm preaching to myself today. So instead of dragging on, let's get this started. Again, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 16. And we're going to read through to chapter 9, verse 5. And I'm reading out of the NIV. Chapter, or uh, verse 16. Thanks be to God, who put into the heart of Titus the same concern I have for you. For Titus 
not only welcomed our appeal, but he is coming to you with much enthusiasm and on his own initiative. And we are sending along with him the brother who is praised by all the churches for his service to the gospel. What is more, he was chosen by the churches to accompany us as we carry the offering, which we administer in order to honor the Lord himself and to show our eagerness to help. We want to avoid any criticism of the way we administer this liberal gift, for we are taking pains to do what is right, not only in the eyes of the Lord, but also in the eyes of man. In addition, we are sending with them our brother, who has, who has often proved to us in many ways that he is zealous, and now even more so because of his great confidence in you. As for Titus, he is my partner and co-worker among you. As for our brothers, they are representatives of the churches and honor to Christ. Therefore, show these men the proof of your love and the reason for our pride in, in you, so that the churches can see it. Chapter 9 There is no need for me to write to you about this service to the Lord's people, for I know your eagerness to help. And I have been boasting about it to the Macedonians, telling them that since last year you and Achaia were ready to give, and your enthusiasm your enthusiasm has stirred most of them into action. But I am sending the brothers an order that our boasting about you in this matter should should not prove hollow, but that you may be ready as I said you would be. For, for if any Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we not to say anything about you would be ashamed of having been so confident. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to visit you in advance and finish the arrangements for the generous gift you had promised. Then it will be ready as a generous gift, not as one grudgingly given. So, reading into this word, I just find it very encouraging and a great example as to how we continue that encouragement and, and, and some things we can apply that is being applied here. And you just listen by the way Paul writes, it, it's just fantastic. And so, let's just go over a couple of these things, okay? There's so many avenues as to why encouragement matters. I mean, encouragement is precious because it really is relatively rare. So we must treat it as precious when we receive it and when we give it. A lot of sermons, you got to spend a majority of the time in the message explaining the idea. This is not one of those messages today, everybody. This is a straightforward concept. We know what encouragement is. We know that it's a good thing. Yet, most of us don't do much of it at all. We'll get into the reasons in just a minute. But in verse 24, as we are reading, chapter 8, verse 24, it's striking to me. In fact, I think it could be seen as the linchpin of the entire message. The whole passage contains a lot of specific encouragements, which we'll get to later. For right now, let's just consider the interesting emphasis that this verse gives us. Now, having complimented the men, 
that he was sending to them, Paul then closes out the chapter by complimenting the Corinthians too. This is the beginning of his praise for them that we will see in chapter 9. So this is kind of the dovetail. There are a couple nice phrases in this verse that he uses. A good example is when he he says, show these men the proof of your love. Paul clearly has confidence that the Corinthians will not disappoint him, and he's willing to say it out loud. Another example is he uses the reason for our pride in you. Paul also tells them that such actions are why he and his companions have great pride in the Corinthians. Here again, he's using encouraging words. You can see that he's laying out the example of how we can use these words of encouragement, but why is it so why why is encouragement so difficult for us to do? What are some of these reasons? Thinking about it, I really got to be honest, I think number one is because it's a moment of vulnerability. If it's a sincere personal compliment, it's a moment of vulnerability. We're saying, I appreciate you, or you matter to me, or I need what you share. Whatever the specific reason, we are sharing something personal, and that is difficult for a lot of us. Amen? I mean, we know that it's pretty hard, and being vulnerable is not fun. But we need to understand that it is an important piece to be vulnerable. Because if you can't be vulnerable with your brothers and sisters that are around you, how can you be vulnerable and completely transparent with the Lord? Another idea that it came up to was, it's just easier not to encourage people sometimes, right? I mean, a lot of times it's easier to just let it slide by. It takes a little effort to step out and say those words. We wonder, what if I say it wrong? Or what if they don't like what I say? Or what if it's awkward? There's no guarantee that will go well. Sure, we know it could be a golden moment, but it could also see us walking away, muttering to ourselves about how stupid we are. And then there are the multitude of situations where we don't encourage a person because saying something encouraging never crosses our mind. Let's be honest. We just take them for granted. They always do that, or they're always there, or they always take care of things. Most of us have experienced not noticing someone until they're gone. I mean, come on, I know I'm guilty of that. Whether it's a person getting sick, being out of town, or even dying, we just presume that they will take care of all the things they always take care of. It's not until they aren't there anymore that we notice how much they handled. Those are just a few reasons why that we kind of pass up giving encouragement. I mean, sometimes it's just easier to not do it. Sometimes we just get in the habit of taking people for granted. And sometimes it's because it's a moment of vulnerability for us. But why is encouragement so important? Because when we, especially to our leaders and our servants, and even one another, I'm not just trying to say this is for one category, but people get tired of the weight of responsibility. We need to encourage them because they do get tired. They do get worn down. When you're a leader of a church or a, or you know a, a lead for a ministry, the weight of the responsibility can weigh heavily on you. Trust me, from my experience, it can be very heavy. And I mean, there's so many questions, especially. I mean, think about our board. Think about our leaders. You know, the questions they have to ask, like. How are we going to meet the budget? 
where can I find enough volunteers? How can we turn around this downward trend? Because that happens a lot in churches. How can we move forward and do better? Who is responsible for the mistakes that we've made? You know, it, it's accountability and all these things, and we need to be encouraged. And this weight gets particularly bad during moments of crisis when everything comes to a head. It also is especially heavy when there are problems that don't resolve and you have to deal with them over an extended period of time. It can be exhausting. And we really need to be building each other up to get through those moments. Another reason that it's so important to encourage each other is because it's so simple that we can feel taken for granted. The old vets of your ministry team may feel like this. People who have been serving for years, they're, they're the tired and true people you know and that you can rely on. They're the ones who are quick to jump in to help. They're your core people. And that, when we get in that mindset, that's a recipe to feeling taken for granted. Others may feel like these folks don't need encouragement because they're always there. Oh, we don't need to build them up. They're always doing it. That doesn't mean they don't need encouragement. They may have switched to doing what they do out of obligation and duty instead of love for God because they've been taken for granted so much. They may just be doing it out of routine, and some encouragement can help them do it for the right reasons. Some encouragement can help them do it with joy. And another big topic is because people have self-doubts. I think we can all relate on that, right? I mean, when, when we doubt what we're doing, all of us go through that. Even, even seasoned leaders, people who have been leading for years, have self-doubts. But two of these big groups that we really, really got to be aware of is, let's just call them our rookies, okay, our, 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 our babies in ministry. I don't like using the word babies, so let's stick with rookies. And let's just call them grunts. I don't know a better word than just to say the grunts. So rookies and grunts it is. And so a rookie would be new to ministry. They aren't really sure they're doing the right thing. They may feel like we've, what they're doing is a mess. And they can use encouragement that they are heading in the right direction. It's not that hard to just say, you're doing a great job. And the way you're going, you're doing this well. Keep learning, keep pushing. And then the grunts are those who work behind the scenes. No one may see what they do in some cases. They may choose those jobs because they don't feel worthy to step up to more prominent ones. Not always, but sometimes that can be the mentality because I've been there. And that may be why they choose to serve in hidden ways. They could use some encouragement that they are appreciated and that they are doing a quality job. Even though it's not a big standout job, they still need to be encouraged that they're doing a great job. So how do we do it? How do we, what, what can we do in these examples that, that, that Paul tells us and shows us in, these, in this passage we read today? It's an interesting one to preach concerning encouragement because Paul does not just tell them to be encouraging, but he actually does it. So let's pull a couple of these examples of each of these ideas from Paul's encouragement. What I'm sharing here are just a few ideas that I think point us in the right direction of encouragement, so just bear with me. Number one, I feel it's so important to be specific. 
saying, I appreciate you is nice, but it's not nearly as meaningful as saying, I appreciate how you always have your work to me ahead of schedule. It's more powerful because it's more specific. Saying thank you is nice, but it's not nearly as meaningful as saying thank you for being someone that I can depend on to help me. Of course, big compliments can be great when they speak to the heart of who we are, but there's something to be said for small compliments, especially when they let us know that the people appreciate the little things that we do. We probably figured no one was paying attention, and then boom, somebody gives us a builded a, a word of encouragement. That's exciting. So what are some examples in the passage? If you look at verse 17, Titus, it says, Titus is coming to you with much enthusiasm and on his own initiative. See, Paul praises Titus's zeal and his work ethic in, in that one sentence. In verse 22, he says, our brother is zealous. So again, we see specific encouragement, being specific with our word. Another thing we can do is be sincere. On top of being specific, we can be sincere about what we're saying. It's especially meaningful when people share encouragements that you can tell are meaningful to them. We don't just want to say what people want to hear, but say what's on our hearts. So what are some examples that we can see that being sincere is effective? In verse 23, it says, as for Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker among you. In verse 2, for I know your eagerness to help, and I have been boasting about it to the Macedonians, telling them that since last year, you and Achaia were ready to give. Paul here clearly appreciates the financial help that the Corinthians have been willing to share. So he clearly says that. And he, he talks about how he's been boasting about them to the Macedonians. Since last year, they were ready to give. So he's, he's really being sincere about what he's praising them on, what he's encouraging them on. And the third one is look at spiritual things. Okay, so we can we can be specific, we can be sincere, but we also need to look at the spiritual things because often the things that we do encourage others about has to do with relatively shallow things, you know, and, and that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying that, but being sincere and specific and in looking at spiritual things, you know, it's it's more than just hey, you know, you. You, you've got really great fashion sense. I like your shirt today. You know, okay, that's encouragement. Yes, but it's a bit shallow. So if you look at encouragement, look, it's rare. But encouragement about spiritual things is even more rare. What might this look like? Not only looking at the activity that we see, but also the presumed heart behind it is going to be that sincerity. And yes, I know that we can never know with certainty the person's motivation. But that doesn't mean that we can't presume the best until the worst is presented. What I mean by that is when we're looking at the spiritual things or how we can mold that into our encouraging words, you know, if you'd see a new volunteer, instead of just thanking them for showing up, you could say, we appreciate the help. And I love the fact that your heart is to be used by God in his kingdom. That's taking it to a spiritual thing. Or you could say, you know, instead of going up to the worship leader and just telling them that it was a pretty song they did today, 
we could say that song really spoke to me in worship this morning. Thank you for having a desire to lead people before God in worship. That's taking it and elevating the spirit. When you talk to the pastor or you go to thank them, instead of just saying, hey, pastor, you know, thanks for, thanks for coming by to, you know, whatever it may have been, coming to the doctor, coming by the house to check on me. You could say, you know, instead of just thanks, pastor, for stopping by, you could say, pastor, I appreciate you for stopping by. Thanks for being a good shepherd to me and my family, for I can see your heart, and your heart means a lot to me. In all of these examples, we're looking for the spiritual heart beneath the action. How do we know that they look to that, how Paul looked to that? Look at verse 16, right off the bat, he says, I thank God who put into the heart of Titus the same concern I have for you. Titus doesn't just do the needed actions. Paul actually praises his heart. So it's not just the actions that he did, but it's deep down rooted inside of him. In verse 18, he says, the brother who is praised by all the churches for his service to the gospel. Now, what he's saying there is the brother who is praised by all the churches for his service to the gospel. They're talking about his heart. They're truly talking about his heart because not only his actions, but his heart to be able to be praised by all the churches for his service to the gospel means that his heart is revealed. His heart is vulnerable. They are giving specific, intentional encouragements here, as Paul writes. And so it's a really great thing that he's being lifted up for what he's actually doing. And that's what I want to encourage everybody today. And just a short message, be intentional about the way that you're encouraging someone. Just remember that there's so many ways we can do this and how we can do it is by being specific about what we're encouraging them for. What we can do is by being sincere and truly showing our hearts and that it matters to us what they're doing. That's going to really encourage them. And also, look towards the spiritual things, okay? Try to build their spirit up, not just their mind, not just the emotion, but actually leading them towards the spiritual things that they are doing, whether they see it or not. If we can build those up, it's going to encourage them. That's going to really drive them to be even stronger, more faithful servants. And isn't that what we want? It's not a competition, guys. We want to be encouraging one another to be the best servant we can be. Because the greater each servant is within the kingdom, the more we're likely to get more people's attention and lead them and push them towards God. Amen? Because that's how, we, that's how you can appeal people is through the heart. Not just through the ear, not just through the eyes of what they see, through the heart. If we can touch their hearts and encourage them, being specific, sincere, and looking towards the spiritual things, and we can encourage the spirit, then I'll tell you now, we can be incredible encouragers. So let's not let vulnerability shy us away. Let's not let the idea of taking people for granted shy us away. What we can do together, I challenge you, that as you see people, when you go to church this week, 
I don't care what it is they do. Don't just focus on the senior pastor, because just as our pastor will tell you, it's not all on him. It is a team. It is the body that is making things possible. And that all the things that happen in the church happen as a team, not just one person. So get through, and if you see somebody who's always there, always faithful, always serving, I encourage you and challenge you this week to go and build them. Even if it feels awkward, build them. Because remember that awkwardness shows vulnerability, which is a revealing of your heart, and they're going to see it. I thank you for joining us today. Let's... Father God, I just thank you for these opportunities that you give us to be able to just encourage one another, to be able to just minister your word to others' hearts, to be able to break down the hardness that the world has brought upon us, to be able to lift each other up in boldness, in love, compassion, sincerity. Father, I just thank you. And I just ask that you, that you just... Teach all of us how to be more vulnerable to one another, but most importantly to you, Father, because that builds the honesty, that shows the transparency, that makes us truthful people, knowing that we can be open and honest and vulnerable with one another is going to impact our hearts, not just our ears, not just our minds, but truly mold our hearts into being an expression of your handprint on them, Father. I just pray for everybody and all their needs out there, Lord. I thank you again for all of these opportunities. And God, I just continue to lift those up who are struggling and and, and walk them through these trials, God, and just make them reach for you and stop turning to the world for all of these things. And, And I thank you for all of the servants out there who go overlooked to the ones who don't get built up, God. I just ask that you touch their hearts and remind them that they're doing it for you. They're not doing it for man. And we pray all of this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Again, thank you for joining us. I know that this is a little bit different of an episode, but join us next week as we've got a couple great interviews coming. we got Pastor Wally Shea, who's going to be in the studio with us. We're going to talk with Jason from Missions. And we just got some great stories, some great testimonies. And just some really encouraging things coming up, guys. We thank you. We love you. And we appreciate you. God bless.